0: Hey there, this is Tavo D'Arcy from Tevo Creative Leadership Ministries. And we're addressing the body of Christ, you know. It's not about poor us, poor me, it's about the Lord and what is he telling to us that may be darkening our door that we need to be ready for. It's not the time for contention, maligning one another, gossiping and confusing the issues with all sorts of things about Christian ministry such as racism, bias and misogyny. And so I'm going to finish up. Hopefully very soon my lately my series on ministry, misogyny, the good old boys and the good old persons. And so if any shoe fits, only should anyone wear it. I'm submitting it after an assessment and valuing of fruit. The poor me individual fruit that I've you know keep running across that sort of finds me that I'm not looking for it. When you're just trying to serve the Lord, go about the Father's business, have a nice day, forgive everybody, keep on going for the Lord's sake, and enduring just for the fact you want a fellowship with the saints, even go to church, Hebrews 10.25. Now, when I'm mentioning misogyny, I am in a new place. I'm on a vacation now. I really like... Where I'm fellowshipping, I wouldn't be there if it had misogyny, bias, racism, or anything like that. Respect or persons, but it reminds me for some reason. I saw too much. I've been around occult spirit and leadership. It is very wearying. It took a long time to defrag it and figure out what it was, how it got, you know, what it's doing in Christian ministry. And one of the things I discovered down in the deep, deep Southwest, where I lived for 15 years and studied mega ministry in their audiences from. Time time to time, always trying to figure out how I can serve, how I can get connected for the sake of the kingdom, but it never worked out because I'm not going to settle and tolerate for plastic ministry, shallow, typecasting, biased, and much even worse, occult systems. I will not do that, but in every time when God showed me to study His body when I was 24 on and all these moves had just started... the nation, TV had not affected and now it has, really has, then I was there in the fruit embedded like most people and I'm happy. That's been my turf. Our turf, everybody who's with me, black and white, yellow and red and pink and purple, everybody who goes is out in the rank with us that tests the fruit. And if you're not an astute Bible scholar, a trainer, or somebody who doesn't even understand your, you don't understand that you're being biased against, there's a respect to person spirit there, or religious spirit, occult spirit, psychic, they're not really on the real New Testament, they're back under the law, they're carving out a name for themselves, a niche for their group, but not really a part of the Ephesians 4 Pauline commanded community. Instead, they're reproducing a friendly fire fellowship, which Paul, my Paul, says in the Bible, Second Timothy three one through five Second Timothy three one through five from such turn away. If they're lovers of themselves, if they're boasters, if they will not relate, if they are a bastion into their own ministry, and see that's what we're having now, what television ministers that have not had balance in certain places have unknowingly, they didn't know it looking back, but they didn't know they're being, they're removing the family feel, removing the community, diverse community cutting edge, which is really out there for the harvest, the equal opportunity, everyday neighbor kind of harvest, and instead made it a splendid regal, but elite, often unkind, and pet persons only allowed or respected moves of God, individual moves, and it's like, it is almost, it is exactly like what Paul cautioned against and rebuked the 1st Corinthian church in chapter 1, chapter 3, do not say, I am only for Apollos. Or famous Bishop or for Paul say I am for Christ and see all the teachings that came in with the good teaching let's say you look at a faith movement you look at Holy Spirit look prophetic you look at different movements that have come in and trained does you know millions of people by now and using media as well and that doesn't mean that was evil it means that they had no clue what the people out here where I live and was living were doing with it or to it because they weren't there. This is the opportunity I have. God has given me to share and teach them some of these at the top who just didn't know the quagmire of doctrine mixed in with religion, false religion, the world of flesh and the devil and mama and bias. And they just didn't know the grassroots turf where I've lived my life, not just in this region, but in cosmopolitan Rural re- regions, visiting and traveling ministry, over forty-five years, and so after this, this is because of God's grace. It's God's grace. I say it great that I survived. And see, the real weird stuff, the really good stuff, is if I had not had great parenting, who were not in the famous ministry, mother and father, if I had not had, if I'd had, I did not have biased parents. They were servant leaders. Teachers, trainers, noble brinds. So were my mother and his parents before them, and their grand. They were Christians, real Christians. Nobody talked in tongue, but it was a solid, more solid Bible foundation. And then Billy Graham, you know, type thing came in involved. I was never religious. I was never part of a clique. I was never part of a club, a club, a club, cult. I didn't know about that until lately. And there was no mega. No big eye, it was all servant leadership and very unsung. And I think now with all that's been, all those hoops that we've all jumped through and we long to jump through more. I believe it's time to for the every person to get back out there and just be themselves. Let Jesus shine through them. Stop all this accusing. Stop all this respecter of persons and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, that he can exalt you in your place, in your way, in your season, in due time. His due time. That's how I live. One day in. You know, there's not a lot of people that are in... I'm not going to put any famous groups down, but I think you got to be careful. There's not a lot of cross-carrying. It's not fun. It's not bless me. It's not let's get fast what we want our answer to prayer. It's not, oh, yes, we're high and mighty. We can see through you and read you and never speak to you. Sear scanning. It's not there. So we're not putting people with big gifts down. We're glad for them. They're intelligent. Many of them are very intelligent, but it gets... After it's reproduced into giant thousands of throngs, and then they reproduce through their media, their teaching, their training to all the devout, young and old and aging, then we have what we don't want and don't need is that dependent on the famous Christian person, leader, and their experts. In the leader's teaching, and they be experts, and maybe more, or add in mama's teachings, and they may be experts but have no love, and they be experts, but now they're diagnosing people rather than relating using pop psychology. When Jesus said, Weep with those who weep, maybe they are. Uh, really young and have never been around anything but this kind of uh, plastic entertainment. I'm not putting it down. We're grateful for media. I like media. I've you know, been on it. I've been around. I think it's very refreshing. But I think the main thing is we don't have a one foot in reality now. There's not an equal opportunity, real foot in pragmatic, real life reality, and that's my field, is real life does it really wash is it in the bible does it really work what does it do no matter how cute you are no matter how much you know how superior you are in your talent and your gifting what is it doing to the relationships in the body are you really knowledgeable of James 3:17 representing the wisdom that comes from above the true wisdom pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Are you just playing games and getting by? Because you know how to work it. You know how to work it and make your own system. So I'm training, and God has allowed me grace to be sitting under many moves, famous black, famous white. I mean, I've really been, it's been a gift being imparted to, no I can trust. They just simply were not prepared for all the different kinds of offshoots, fake it till you make it, pressure to perform, uh, you know, and then there's the old-timey law in there, misogyny, Jezebel, spine, mixed in with that, fame and fortune, and we are for provision, we're for faith, for whatever, power and everything, but with the eyes of of a mature purpose, eternal purpose on Paul, not Demas. Demas who was only interested, he even quit Paul's ministry, a gifted, amazing in hindsight, what a rare call to be gifted and called to work alongside Paul. But instead Demas loved the things of this world, he got dissatisfied with his, you know, Paul's vision and he left. He wanted big stuff. So now we need to go back and retrace who and what is a Christian, what is a real Christian, what is ministry, am I one, do I have to be a part of a formula ministry, a system, an ego cult? No, you don't. I believe right now we have a, a real chance for a future church, for everyone now to be the own leader of, you know, their own, to be a noble Berea and pick apart what is really true and saying on TV around the area, all your friends, all your comp- all your cult members, the head cult leader, the head preacher, and myself, and, and also myself. One thing that is so helpful and refreshing about Paul, he men- he's mentored me through his scriptures. He's mentored me along with my parents and good culture and many people I met through the way were real Christians, even on television, some of these famous ones. But I'm saying because I was not raised raw, Critical back under the law, or in a Jezebel hierarchy type old timey law, I don't swallow all your Kool Aid or anybody's. So instead, I th- think what is normal with being, what is being normal yet with the Holy Spirit? That's looking, we're looking at that. We can say, I got to know a basic purpose for why we're here. The overall purpose is, Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3, he says that the church, the churches, collectively, globally, each individual in their home every day, in their office behind the scenes, in their marriage, by themselves as single, whatever, black or white or brown. The church, read that, Ephesians 3, is to teach, is there to teach the powers and principalities as you live it out. As you take up your cross daily, as you fall down repeatedly and you get up again, as you sin, ask forgiveness, as you forgive everybody, as you keep on going—it's walking it out. Paul mentors also against respecter of persons. He says, "I," Paul himself said, "I have determined not to look at, not to, not to know anybody except Christ, and then and would like to know anything about anybody except Christ and Him crucified. I'm not going to look at you and say, oh, yes, I'm going to judge you by your race. Oh, look, a black person showed up. Oh, look, it's only a woman. That's misogyny. Oh, yeah, we're over all of them. We own them. That's law. That is confusing many saints because that's religion and not love and not respect. It's not equal. It is, it is oh, privilege. We are entitled to own you. We don't have to respect you because you're on our turf now. We own you. That is the translation of what this comes out as to many people, to me, big or small. And some of it is racism and, and misogyny, bias, ageism, whatever. So when I look at Paul, he says, I determined not to know anything about anybody except Christ and him crucified. That means it takes a while. You can increase in it, you won't be all perfect at it, but you will start to say, now, I'm going to ask for God's help, I want discernment of spirits more, would you please give me discernment of spirits, help me know, and so, are they Christian or not? And then you listen to them, this is a missing factor, you respect them, you respect them all, you don't trust them, condone them, believe in their theology, but you respect them because they're smart. They will discern your respect or lack thereof and know you're bigoted without you knowing it. Psalm 123, 3 and 4 is the example. If I can get to that, I will. I want to. All right, so Paul is our mentor of respect. He wants community. He wants equal opportunity. He wants diverse community. He wants first, Ephesians 1, 6, accepted in the Beloved. Everybody, all, without big eye, you know, without... You know, even cast of characters, you watch them, but you don't accuse them. He wants Ephesians 2.14. Paul mentors. He, Jesus, is our peace who's broken down every wall of partition and made us both one. He's not under the law. So therefore, it's our choice, every individual person's choice and minister's choice to train on it or not. How do we get over racism? You know, when this culture was ex- first written in the church of Ephesus, that was in Asia Minor, Turkey. That was in the trade route of Asia, and they had Asia Minor, they had the cult worships of Diana, they had the Romans, they had all these people of different sorts, and the Jewish law who were stickler. you know, they loved the law. So everybody had their own pride in their beliefs, their pride of their culture, and Paul was encountering all these Gentiles and Jews, so he had to teach how you get along and how you let the Lord go back. Now, Lord, everyone do it. You are our peace. Now, I know that I was really angry because those people kept my people slaves, or my daddy hurt my mama. My mama, daddy hurt my mama or my friend went off and left me or way back when centuries ago they did that. They had the Hatfields and McCoy's family feud over money. So there are tons of excuses not to live in unity but that's your choice before the Lord. That's where it pays to know Ephesians 3 that we're living it out. God sees that. He watches everybody and he's noticing and the powers and principality of the dark side are watching. Are they? Are they going to cave into our way and be hard-hearted and stony, or not? So this is a huge amount of teaching that needs to go on. So Paul mentors again, Ephesians four. Everyone, this is for everybody. Not faking it till you make it. Not Not you know. Not about plastic phony Christianity. Paul says it's relationships. How you do it to please God and have a witness in a community sense, not all the superstars and the lack of, you know, there can be mega. There's no fault finding in mega. It's just call it renown. It's okay in the Bible to have renown. Paul is against big eye celebrity, the roots of that, or because people get cult following. Our way or the highway at the grassroots. They get fault finding and superior, and they get locked in, dependent, maybe codependent with the head leader, and they could be systems and no, doctrine of the Nicolaitans to keep the system going for money pressure. So, you know, this is just what we've noted. God has allowed me to see. So, in Ephesians 4, the Christian community, which should have been the top what is the top priority of teaching besides asking Jesus into your heart, knowing about the Holy Spirit to give you power, the dominion and authority and all that, the basics. What about missing scripture of community? Why? Because if you look at the Hebrews, if you look at the Revelation, last book of the Bible, and you notice the seven letters by the Holy Spirit to the churches, the only lampstand leader, who is not rebuked, is the church of brotherly, motherly love. Now, brotherly love means sisterly love. It doesn't mean hierarchical, patriarch, you're under me. You know, it is not false teaching or back under the law critical. It it means brotherly love, community, accepting, valuing, respecting, all kinds. So the only church whose doors will never fail. If you read Church of Philadelphia, Revelation 2, there are a lot of promises and not a lot of teaching. Well, that is really translate to the word Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ ready for his soon return. That translates into the godly remnant who walk and talk with God daily like an Enoch, an Enoch generation, Genesis 5. That is a divinely flexible, not gullible, but Amiable and respecting and discerning, but not, you know, faking it, not disrespectful. So, Paul starts the whole thing off in Ephesians 4 is the relationships. He says, Everyone walking in meekness and lowliness and long suffering, long suffering. To endeavor to walk in peace, that means it's going to take some work, effort, and you might get so tested and so tempted to give up and to bail. But because you've been trained and you have a heart for the Lord first, before that, you know, you're doing it as unto the Lord and before you're walking it out these last days for the church to train and be a witness to even the darkest powers. Alright? Whether you die, you die. If you don't, you don't. You're going to keep on. You need to keep on before it's because it's for the Lord we're only passing through. Even all this critical spirit, all this mantle authority and all this bowing and, you know, leader bowing and scraping training that has gone on in the last 30 years. Oh my stars. Who, let me ask, who in the world, in any of these groups or any group anywhere other than myself, Who is training anything like this? Who is training community? Who is training everyone gets to pick apart Paul's doctrine like he commended the noble Bereans for picking apart his? Everyone is allowed, is entitled to... With you know, work out their own salvation. That doesn't mean you're replacing Jesus. That's not the part of salvation. You invite Jesus. You know, when you got saved, as Jesus into your heart, made Him your Lord. The next part is working it out before the powers and principalities, so to speak, to make sure you're on target. Whether nobody you know in your circle is or not, and you know what, nobody's going to be all right, and you're going to have to plan how to disagree. So we thought this, you know, this is part of our teaching. Let everyone learn how to discern, be a noble Berean that makes Paul proud, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That means you pick apart my doctrine, I pick apart yours. Don't swallow everybody's Kool-Aid that's an authority, even your mama's, without checking to see its first church not back under the critical law. So then you fellowship. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. It's smart. Years ago, when a lot of people had no clue, all the Pharisees started to come about in my area years ago. And I was, many people were, they don't go to church. No one spoke to you. Nobody wanted to really love you and ask what's your theology. It was just like, you look unsubmitted. That's when I got, I'd never heard of that type thing. That's country charismatic. I'd never been around it. So it caught me off guard and I'm a very hyper, I used to be hyper conscientious about doing what's right. So of course I thought, man, these are new rules. My daddy was a pastor, I was in the (laughs) fellowship, I was in this church, I never heard of it. But that turns out this is my learning. There are different kinds of doctrines which can be false or true in any movement. And when you get a giant number a vast crowd in your area in your location that are fill of it and you don't have anybody else they had no online church back then they were not diverse but they also were country good old boys and they were talented most of them really nice but within the I never knew of the Ode to wealth, Fault Finder, Far Off Spying and Witch Watching till that group got together. I never heard of that. And see, I was sort of from a different field of background. I just was a, a field of background and maybe happier homes. I'm not saying it's, everyone has their testimony to have grace, but for some reason I was not raised rough. I was not raised charismatic, I was not raised under the law, in fact the opposite, I think this is why I stirred him up. My daddy, who was a Christian first, a Baptist second, and a leader, was used to strong, capable females and he was the head of the home. He never said, woman thou art bound, like those people wanted to try with me. I felt like they were trying to catch me and put me in a net. (laughs) Their old timey law back into the hills mamas are you know women are your worst nightmare they need to be controlled they're prone to jump out of order because they had they didn't have really good teaching and I've I've taught I teach Paul and the women I teach Paul I realize these people just maybe got their degree off a of TV I mean nothing wrong with that I, I'm a home by the I didn't go to Bible college Lord told me not to so it's not about your paper your sheepskin at all it's about your character and also were you poor me Never wanting to improve. So, when I have been out and embedded as the grassroots test case, I guess, my trial, and my great learning curve, fun, then I would see great teaching, music, doctrines come through some trends, selling things, vitamins for a while. I didn't do that. What are those things, para, those things where you sell and somebody sells unto you and they sell unto you and you get money? I didn't do that. I didn't feel right they sold debit cards i didn't do that i've only been and right now we don't know what to do about it our, our real need is frankly more is income or production of the ministry to have basically enough to survive and get ahead but the reason i'm so picky i've been so picky is because i have been around i know what it's like i don't want to be doing you know i don't want to tried not to compromise or be an Eli Temple priesthood and God has always provided for me and I've learned on this side of Dallas to be more godly content and restful and joyful and then learn from it every single day with God. I've never had a more happy relationship, peaceful and also getting out of cult spirit helped me greatly, big time. So, um, we're pro men, all men, always have been. If a female, I've, there are two people that were real talented and were friends. I thought that I had to let go. The first one was when I had an office and a real ministry showing in Virginia. I had a guest evangelist, and he was from another nation, and I let him stay in the office where I, you know, I had a house, a husband, family, and I let him. He stayed in the office. He was single and so when he was there he started every time we were together he's real brilliant you know but he would tell me the trash on every television minister he'd been around and he he said he was teaching he was doing gossip I was so upset by gossip because I don't do that if you you know I don't do that so after a while I said you're gonna have to leave I will not have my spirit polluted by trash and from that point on, I've had a two strikes or you're out. I will not tolerate the evil report. I don't believe that. I don't talk about people. Never have. I pray for you. Or I, I will just think, you know, they're just far past it. Let God work on them. That's all. So I had another person in Texas. I let a friend, I thought was a Christian friend I met at a prayer meeting, who was a female, rent a room. And that person turned out on the other side, If you, if there's a woman hater she was a man hater dated way back see these people are doing it before you met them but you find out when it's too late so after a while she was trying to put vitriol in my ears I thought nope you got to go she was an angry person so I'm really careful about who I let surround me and that's why you see I'd rather be happy and joyful (laughs) and alone with all my other friends than that kind of person so, God is watching me behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, and that's how I live my life. That is ministry to me more than being famous. It's how I mean, it's by God's grace. He allowed me grace through great trials, being cursed out, being silent treatment, being really dominated. He let me know how to go to Him, and every time when I would feel sad that I was being controlled, screened, lectured, frozen out, for many years, two decades about. The Lord taught me a lot of what I do now to survive and keep my joy because we're only passing through. Because you need to pray for people. Some people have been raised so badly they can't hear God or don't feel loved unless they're in the victory. So there are a lot of things you can learn and one of them was pray for the persecuted church. Right now, you would say, with what we see on TV, pray for every time you feel tempted to feel sorry for yourself as a leader, as a person, pray for somebody that's really going through your family, trafficking, the people that just got their country taken over by the enemies. Pray for people who are hurting and suffering. Pray for the ones, the Muslims that are being tortured over in the Uyghur Muslims. What are there? Are thousands of people. So don't always sit around. And that's what, that's what you're doing. To you know, part of it is if you're my thoughts. If you live your life before the powers and principalities and the old devil tries to keep you like Paul confined in your prison. Or nobody loves you, or people are being angry with you for no reason, and your society is so mean. Hey, you got to think bigger. You're living not because of that. You're thinking, I'm only passing through. Some person in the 90s, some preacher said somewhere, Heaven is the only, excuse me, Earth is the only heaven a non-believer will ever see earth is the only hell a christian will ever see so can't we make it with god one day in one day out i would also caution the people that are ready to commit suicide you know it seems to be a a growing trend it's really been gotten like a fad and my big concern about suicide is for the men and the young people and the people men and women who want to do that and that you can please pray on that network it around train on it think about it where are they, if these people are rash, if these people are fed up, you know, I'm just going to go run out in front of a car, let a cop shoot me. If they're just going to say, I'm going to end it all and jump out the window, if I'm going to kill my family, it's all horrible stuff. That is horrible. But my big thought every time, not, it could be, why did they did it? It could be. Yeah. But my thought is, where are they really going to go? It's going to be worse. That is my concern because it's lack of training, lack, it's naive. It's like, oh yeah, it's too much pressure here the finances, the bills, the evil in the world. I'm just going to kill myself and go to a better place oh, or no place. I'm going to go into the universe. You have no clue. Nobody's, not many are thinking it through. You got to tell them, yeah, you can either go here or you can go here. You're going to have to choose, but you shouldn't just jump into it, because you will end up there, where it's hot. No days off. No media. No friends. No fun. No vacations. Forever. Hell. So this is my thought. This is why I want people (laughs) to not be bigots. Have respecter of persons, not me be misogynist, because you have no clue what their daddy did to them before they came to their church. You have no clue how much misogyny they've experienced before they came to seek out the Christ. You have no clue about what they did in a foreign nation to them of a foreign faith, and now they're coming to see if Jesus might be the way. You have no clue because of the bigotry what you're doing if you're mean to them ostracizing and proud superior and all knowing if you're white black or brown and you're doing it some of you are doing it not all but too many or i wouldn't say it my rule from the lord has been this if you see something tavo in my 40 in my decades since 24 if you see something that hurts people in a church a fellowship a work if you see something that hurts people three times or more in many other places Or that hurts my good name and my reputation, says the Lord, you are to train on it. This is the only reason I train on misogyny, bias, backbiting, untrustworthy, friendly fire fellowship, second to it. They're galore. This is not their move. It's God's move. It's nobody's move. We're going to see what he wants to bring forth. We're just preparing, cleansing the land in ministry. So if I say, I go to church on behalf of the body of Christ, the stranger, the non-famous, the typical person, atypical person, I have a different energy, I guess, than the misogynist good old boys. I know I do. <laughs> I represent more of the black people. They get me. I go into black church. Oh, hi, sister. We're so glad. They welcome me with joy. They really do because they're not squeamish. They're not squeamish. They're not weird like that law. So anyway. So I'm going to get to what what is a respecter of person's spirit? Why is that religious specter, respecter of person's spirit so bad that it's in the Old Testament? Don't have a respecter of person's spirit from the Lord more than once. It's in the New Testament, Peter says, who's very legalistic. He always had a hard time not being legalistic, going back, you know. And Paul finally, Peter finally says, mingle not your faith with the respecter of persons. Don't mingle your faith with the respecter of persons. And he said it like, the way I picture it, he says, Oh, I perceive, says Peter, that don't mingle your faith with the respecter of persons. Paul was more open. He wasn't a legalist, but Peter had to filter it through all the minefields of law uh, yeah, but they're not washing their hands on, you know, before they, after they eat every meal, they're not doing this, they're, you know, she's divorced, he's divorced, uh, they're not, they're not people pleasers like I am, you know, uh, uh, so he was like, finally got it, duh, through a rock of revelation that hit him on the head, turned out Peter had a lot of need for maturity, for growing up, for empathy, for understanding in depth, because he was so prone to be religious and rules oriented, so I call it um, and see at the very end of his life, he had really matured through all the challenges, and he had gotten to be the rock. He was the little rock now he 's the big rock upon which God wanted to ch- you know build the church peter you 're the rock well, I believe that the rock. Is because he got rocks of revelation from directly from the Holy Spirit that bypassed his legalism, bypassed his minefield, his all his good hard work and his all his legalism education, and he got it from the heart like Paul. Paul got his up in Damascus, being ostracized, not wanted by the first twelve apostles, who were mentored and handpicked by Jesus. They were elite back then. So Paul comes back after 14 years of ostracized living with God among the Muslims, among the Arabs rather, and he comes back and he says to the churches he equips and mentors and says in Ephesians 1:17, I pray for all of you all that you will have more Of God's spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge of Him. Now, see, this is the difference. There is a difference between I read these books, I can quote you. I know every famous author, I know all the teaching tapes, I know all the quotes and sayings, and you know, all the divine holy pronouncements of the oracle. (laughs) I know. Knowledge puffs up. However, Apostle Paul comes back and said, I did not confer with flesh and blood. They didn't. I did not confer with flesh and blood. They didn't really want me. That's the other side. But I went up and found God even more, and he met with me. And now I come back, and I know how you do it. We pray for more of God's Holy Spirit of wisdom, free wisdom and revelation in our knowledge of him, not about him. But with him, it's more fun. You need to also, he gives you, you know, he's with you when you read your Bible, get a good message also. But this is Pauline, chief apostle speak. That means... I didn't know all this stuff until I hung around with God and He allowed me grace to get it in my spirit. He dropped it in or I had a tough time, a t- tough season, learned new stuff I never would have known, got trapped in a big, hard prison situation, and I was in isolation. Nobody wanted me, you know, like literally this has happened. So nothing is too big for God, and nothing is too small for God to use for His glory and your furtherment of your call, you know, before the, before the life is over. So it's so neat. So if you want, you know, to ask questions, that's fine. Need help in jump-starting. Part of it is the Holy Spirit, prayer, and time. Part of it is my great daddy, you know, healthy people that have modeled me, and then also is God's grace and the, um, knowing the Word of God. Many different kinds of teachings and I'll be honest when I first got into the learning about after being Baptist Billy Graham Jesus person starting in the Holy Spirit then thank God for um, Kenneth Copeland one day when I was depressed after my dad died my grandmother who is my favorite Bible teacher loving grandmother died. I had postpartum depression, stayed at home for the child, the firstborn who never slept for two years. I had very de- a lot of reasons to really not want to make it. The Jim Jones ha- happened, Challenger, all these things when I was by myself. And my uh, the husband of my father worked so hard, we had one car, so I couldn't get out. No relatives in town. I was in a very stuck place, but because of God, I knew to go to him, not to turn away, but to go to him through the challenges. And then one day, when I walked into the other room just to take a break, a mom break, I turned to the low, very low wattage, Christian television, Christian, excuse me, radio station, I think it was like 9.15 on a Tuesday. And there was this cheery voice of a minister, Brother Kenneth Copeland, and he said, choose to be of good cheer and study the Word of God and I went that's it and I've done it ever since so that was 79 and it has been a long journey but man thank God for that so after the faith movement came it has now been you fame and all these people have taken it and run with it and it's been more organized and more you know people have just said I want to be another Kenneth Copeland or another Oral Robert you know all that stuff I'm not in that I pull away and pick the good stuff from the top. You know, I have. So I will say, if I could credit the joy, keeping my joy, plus my family are like that. If I would honor that group, the other part would be the foundations that were laid. And that would be, they're very diverse. They're not Jezebel Spires. They're not mean, at least at the top. You know, and I'm not under them, believe me. But I want to honor where honors do. Many people have... I could honor and I'm going to honor them now. All right, the reason, one reason is the foundation that was laid in me has one of the biggest ones. It is faith, Christian faith is not to be moved by what it hears, feels, thinks, other people look like, other people say. You are to only be moved by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and that is a great life for me. Because if I'm with different kinds of people, they present their personal, you know, persona, they present their race, they present their office, they present their lack of office. They present, giants present themselves in real life, giants of ministry and life and lack and all these things. It ain't always fun, but it is interesting and you can grow in it. So there are many days, even lately, where I think, man, I just don't feel worried when I'm listening. Listen, here's what happened. When I grew up, not charismatics, not famous faces, but my parents who were just out in the field with the, you know, ministry, they listened for the Holy Spirit. They were led by the Word of God and the inward witness, not charismatic, not tongue talkers. I grew up like that. So then faith adds to that. It's the same thing. I'm not moved by persona, the news. I'm wise. I listen. I want to know a little bit. What I need to know but I'm not gonna let it move me you know I'm like a fear and so then I realized that wow um, that's really the same type of thing I'm not gonna be moved by what the devil presents what looks like should happen it looks like it oh yeah everybody's crying and screaming it looks like it I will tell you an example because I'm living like that right now we all can because of all the weird stuff looking like it's coming toward us. It looks like it. Now you got to hear God for yourself. I'm submitting this, not as dogma, but as practical. I've lived it and I live it and I enjoy it. Back in Y2K at 1999, I was in ministry and I remember all the news. Watch out. You better store up. All this stuff's going to happen. Y2K, Y2K. And in my spirit, I was at prophetic conferences. I mean, I've been around. It's like, oh, 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 dire. You know, so I didn't, I'm not moved by that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be moved by fame. I'm not moved unless the Lord tells me to be moved. Then I'll be moved. So I was listening with my spirit and I thought, Lord, what about Y2K? And he said, nothing. He said, don't prepare, don't buy food, don't do anything. So I didn't and it was fine. So right now... When it looks like the whole culture is in jeopardy, I'm going to tell you, I'm hanging loose. I have great ability to keep peace and not be moved, but I'm not a fool. And I check with God often for reality. Am I missing it? Do I need to do that? Should I do that? But I'm not going to be in this, oh, yes, Oh yes, raw. You know, occult spirit. I'm not. I'm going to hear God. And if I die, I die. That's what it is. If you die, you die. Hey, when I told my children years ago about death, to me, I'm going to tell you: when you here, you are alive, and then you close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes, and then you open them up. Whatever's on the inside of you when you close your eyes, that's the part that will open up their eyes in heaven. You'll have a new body, a glorified body. It won't have any pain. It won't be overweight. It'll be all these things. But the issue is you will be there and you'll be fully knowledgeable and experience all the good stuff, all the glory, all the pain will be gone. Fear will be gone. Horror will be gone. Abuse will be gone. No more. That is valid Excitement to look forward to. Now, if you are not ready, if you don't, you know, you don't have to invite, you don't have to know Jesus. You don't have to know Christ. But then you value, you want to practice to make sure you're, you know, you, you choose what's right. You know where you're going because you don't know what may happen these days. Life can go like that anywhere. God forbid. So you train, you, know, you close your eyes and then you open them up and you think, man, it's I hear screams. I hear, I feel pain. I feel hot. I'm thirsty. And there's no water. It's pitch black, dark. There's no society. It's just me by myself, suffering in hell eternally. So we have to be final day ready. That's the issue. So um all I can say is that. When I've lived, God has taken me through hell and kept my victory. It's because I didn't count on anybody to help me. I did, you know, I've had fellowship and boards of the, you know, family, but I've been in a place where it's been the most totally dependent upon the Lord I have ever been for the last how many years, three to four years. It has just been the most totally God having me learn how to depend. And let me tell you this as a prophet, as a true prophet, if I have been through some of the stuff in the last thirty years, which is really unpleasant and very deep and long suffering, and I can live with joy in my face and spunk and feel really good, great, greater, better than ever, then you can do it, and you should try to. Le- you should do it. The issue is, I hate to, I don't want it to be a, I hope I, I, I've looked back late, I thought, I hope I'm not living to be able to help people know how to do it. Some of these people I know I will. Some of these people I, that are not ready for the future church, I'm talking the Christians only, the ministers usually, some of you are not on the future church remnant Real same page. You're really not. You're accusers. You're friendly fire fellowship. You're boasters. You're not loving. You're not diverse. But also, you quit. You quit your fervor. Your first love lampstand. Now you're Eli Temple I priesthood. Maybe I don't know. Jaded. So there's a body of Christ sifting. That's going to continue. I've been through that sifting a lot of it, and that's why I'm reproving. Being strong to help you mature and avoid not making it the cut to the godly of you know, the godly remnant. You want to make sure you're really doing what's right. So we're talking down to earth, plain, one foot on the ground, one foot of the ground for the prophetic ministry, for the prophetic moves who love to. Their skill is so deep. One foot of the ground is a treasure I've learned from the Baptists. And the Catholics and most black people, really, most ministries accept this one kind, except the one kind. One foot on the ground means that you relate. You have empathy, compassion, you smile, you care, you respect everybody equally. When the new visitor comes, you're not visible, you know, this is what I'm going to say you're not sizing them up scowls of false doctrine because they know it. Let me tell you. Gotta go here, but let me tell you the last thing. Respecter of persons spirit is back under the law. It's warned against and taught against in Old and New Testaments. Here's why. If you respect somebody, if you are a official leader, staff, lay, person in business, if you respect somebody, they will know it. But if you only respect the pet favored kind, type, race, or look, or gender, or vibe, or skill, they will know it on both sides. You will favor one kind and they will be happy. Your favorite kind. But then you will not know that the other people that are not respected, not favored, not the pet group will know it too. They'll read you because they're smart and they've been around it. So respect your person's spirit projects accusation and disrespect, demeaning disrespect, from an office that says, I represent Christ Jesus, the accepting Christ, the pure-hearted Christ. It represents, it misrepresents Jesus Christ's name. It is false advertising to say that you are a Christian representation, of a ambassador for Christ. If you have a religious, angry, mean, misogynist, respecter of persons, bit, you know, bigoted spirit, they will know it. And I you know, the last part would be a scripture to learn from. I didn't know it till God, till Daddy God taught me out in Dallas. I learned it was a seasoning. Whoa, that's why I'm so more outspoken. All right. Psalm 123, verse thir- three and four says, "The King David, the prophet King David, said to the Lord." The first two chapters, first two verses say, "Lord, I'm here. I'm sitting here like the servant waiting for the master. I'm sitting here like the maid waiting for her mistress to tell you what we you really want us to do. That's how I live. You know, that's how we live." The last part, though, is the key. He says, "But." my heart is filled with contempt of the proud. My heart, my, my soul is filled with the contempt of the proud and those who are, are at ease. So I picked that apart and I realized David was perceiving the projected accusation maybe of Saul as enemies. And he could, even though his heart was pure and tender, he would project that accusation, bias, demonic spirit it's demonic pride and so he was like man i'm trying to keep my heart pure i'm a perceiver prophet i really know this realm and man lord i all i know is that my heart my soul which is your mind your will and your emotions are filled with the disrespect and contempt of the proud what is the proud superior sneaky snake of proud job 41 the leviathan Levi's coming. Hide your hearts now. <laughs> Leviathan, the sneaky snake of superior pride. Everybody read it. Everybody get it out. It's just, you know, and then pride. Superior pride is part of the fallen human nature. LPV. When Adam fell, fell the pure, spotless, organ, organic garden and no human flesh, but all God's glory, his presence had to leave because now LPV had come on the scene lust, pride, and vanity, which is in everybody, in some form, big or small, children on up. And the best thing to help with the LPV for all of us is to work on it with God's help and the Bible, not be under the law, but with fellowshipping, good training, prayer, ask forgiveness, repentance over time, and let God cleanse us. God is good. This is his move. It's not a self-righteous move. This is not a self-righteous move. This is God's move. We have no clue what he's going to do or how it's going to happen or what he's going to do, how it's going to turn out. Who's going to lead the future church? Really the elders? We have no clue. It could be Jesus comes soon. We have no clue, but let's look forward to it. Get our hearts ready. Stay in place. Be led of the Lord. This is Tavo D'Arcy. God bless.